Farmers are the heartbeat of rural America. Congress recently invested $20 billion in America's farmers and ranchers, focusing on conservation practices and profits for future generations. Today, these funds are at risk. You're squawking over $20 billion, that USDA program. It's investment into the future for everybody. If the funding was eliminated, it could hurt farms and families. Tell Congress, protect this generational investment in the Farm Bill. Learn more at investinourland.org. Paid for by Invest in Our Land. So I guess it's just you and me against the entire radical left. Sisyphus had it easy. If you and I are the guys at Neil Ellsberg, Nixon will love us. That's the new HBO show, The White House Plumbers, which will be out on May 1st. The five-episode series takes viewers along on a darkly funny ride with the fumbling ex-spooks and misguided patriots E. Howard Hunt, played by Woody Harrelson, and G. Gordon Liddy, played by Justin Theroux, as they use any means necessary to secure the 1972 re-election of Richard Nixon, including breaking into the Democratic National Committee's headquarters at the Watergate office building. Of course, instead of saving Nixon, Liddy and Hunt end up destroying his presidency. Hunt is a retired CIA agent who's a bored copywriter by day and a spy novelist by night. Liddy is a former FBI man who despises hippies and communists and has disturbing affinities for Hitler speeches and physical danger. The show is a warped version of a buddy comedy that explores one of the most relevant issues in politics. What happens when true believers lose their integrity and moral compass in pursuit of their cause. Our guest today is the director of the White House Plumbers, David Mandel, a man who knows more about the intersection of Hollywood and Washington than just about anyone. I'm Ryan Lizza. This is Playbook Deep Dive. Dave Mandel has had a storied career as a comedy writer and producer. He started at the Harvard Lampoon and then wrote for Saturday Night Live for several years. His most famous work was on three of my favorite shows of all time. He was a writer and producer for Seinfeld. Nothing for you! He was a writer, producer, and director for Curb Your Enthusiasm. I have a tendency to get a little chilly when I take my... Gail! And he helmed Veep, one of the funniest and most accurate shows ever made about Washington, D.C., for its final three seasons. What is it? They're calling you the No BS VP. Damn right they are. (laughs) I mean, I lied and everything, but... Back when Mandel was a writer for Seinfeld in the 90s, one of his most famous episodes was called Bizarro Jerry, in which Elaine befriends someone who is Jerry's exact opposite. (laughs) Well, the White House Plumbers is a sort of bizarro All the President's Men, the famous Watergate movie starring Robert Redford and Dustin Hoffman as Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein. Instead of watching the two Washington Post reporters uncover the crimes of Watergate, we watch Liddy and Hunt conceive of and execute the crimes of Watergate. If you watch the series closely, you'll see that Mandel 
pays homage to the earlier Watergate film in a number of ways, including by flipping around some of the same events that we witnessed through the eyes of the heroic Woodward and Bernstein, and depicting them from the perspective of his anti-heroes, Lydian Hunt. See if you can tell who voices the Woodward character when he calls Hunt in a pivotal scene that's like a photo negative of that same event in All the President's Men. Today, Mandel and I are having lunch outside at Red Peony in Midtown Manhattan. It happens to be next door to the Whitby Hotel, where Mandel says the White House plumbers originally came together. And in the shadow of Trump Tower, a half a block away. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I don't think I have oh, yeah, realized yeah. that above us. Yes, he's not... listening as we speak. Yeah, I... Over soup and dumplings, Mandel takes me deep inside the lessons he's learned translating Washington for Hollywood, first with Veep and now with the White House plumbers, and how a certain president elected in between these two shows changed everything about what makes politics funny. If I gathered some of the best, funniest writers in Washington and they were going to go do a spoof of Hollywood, it would probably suck. <laughs> but you, you're, this show is deeply respected among people sure. in politics. Yeah. Like the, the nuances of Washington, and, and this is why... You know, it's almost a cliche now as a political writer to yeah. compare something to a scene sure. because it's too perfect. Right. Every single thing yeah. we witness in Washington, I could I could find something from no, from the show. Mean, how did you what, How did you set about? That you're not you're not doing a lot of you know. You sound like a very politically aware person. You're connected. You know people. Watching. I was. How yeah. did you get? How did you? How does? How did you in, uh, educate yourself? On on getting things so precisely. I know you brought in consultants, but yeah. like, tell us we, about that we, process. We, we definitely. I get the job, so it'll start yeah. there. Yeah. And the show has consultants, and they're they're wonderful yeah. consultants. And so, so, so tell us some names. So people um, on this well, Tammy Haddad yeah. was Heard intimately <laughs> involved with the show, exactly. <laughs> um, and and the wonderful thing about Tammy, obviously she has her own experiences sort of in media, yeah. but the beautiful thing about Tammy is I can call Tammy, and I or I can email Tammy, and I go, I need to talk to a Secret Service agent. God. And within an hour and a half... I am on the phone with the former head of blank, and I'm able to ask questions about. So, so you're doing reporting. You're oh yeah, doing, I mean, yeah, I kind yeah, of am, yeah. but I'm doing. But I'm looking for. I'm never looking for you to tell me anything funny. I just want to hear the facts. Right. I'll make them funny. Right. Right. Because there are just those moments where you hear something, and you know, in talking to the Secret Service agent who was talking about. The specific body, not exactly the full-on body yeah. doubles, but they talked about like the notion of like maybe people from behind who met, who sort of have a similar shape to the president, yeah. and then that led to Marjorie being Selena's secret service agent, and then yeah. her falling in love with her daughter, and people going, "You fell in love with your mom's body double." It's not exactly a body double, but again, that's a sort of fact that just becomes comedy. But like. Yeah. It's not, here's a funny fact, if that makes any sense. Right. But right. yeah, I'm looking for, you're inter- yeah. you're, you're I'm looking for interesting reality. real things. Yeah. And at the same interesting time, real That's yeah, interesting real stuff. We're bringing people in. They're talking to us. You know, we're bringing in. Okay. They talk probably more to you because you're not like I, look, this, right? I think there was something to be said for, you know, we had like, I mean, again, I'll give you a great example. And then I'll give you smaller examples. You know, like Mitt Romney came and had breakfast at our office. Our, our yeah. The pre-writing salon for us was like this breakfast salon where we would invite in 
reporters. We would invite in congressmen, yeah. politico, different politicos, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever. They'd come for breakfast. They'd come for lunch. They'd talk to us for a couple of hours, and they would just tell us great stuff. Yeah, I, I can yeah. remember talking to Mitt Romney, and he was so open about his loss. And when we said to him, like, well, like, like he was so good about it. How do you get through it? And for him, and obviously this is a very Mitt Romney answer, he found solace in his very large and loving family. And when he said it, and I'm, I'm not doing justice, to, he said it in a way that you really did go, okay, I get that. Yeah. And I just remember the way he said it, I went, oh, Selena's going to lose her mind because she does not have that. And those are the things, like there's nothing yeah. funny about what Mitt Romney says. Yeah. But he also, I remember, said to us, he said to us, he was talking about he was talking to us about one of his Massachusetts gubernatorial campaigns, and then he was telling us something else about some kind of, I don't know if it was like civic workers' strike in Massachusetts. And I remember him just saying, if, if you're explaining, you're losing. And you just write that down. And then that's not funny, but at some point or another, uh, one of the advisors that Selena's meeting with to hire Candy, whatever, Caruso, yeah. just in the meeting goes, if you're explaining, you're losing. Exactly, Candy. And it's just like, yeah. and so... So you are absorbing it. We are absorbing of that. that so that... How much of your time yeah. on that show was spent doing that kind of research? And like, what to me, sounds like we get together yeah. in June yeah. and the first two months was that every day. And then along wow, with that, along with yeah. that, at the very, somewhere at the very beginning, we take a little field trip to D.C., Tammy puts it together for us. Again, it's all Tammy. We go, Julia and I, and I think Frank Rich, and maybe one of the other writers, we sit in on a morning meeting at the Washington Post. Uh, Fred Ryan lets yeah. us sit in there. Yeah. We go to the, the White House Historical Society. Yeah. We talk to them. We go up on Capitol Hill. We meet with Boehner's guy. Kind of takes us around, and he talks shit about Obama. I mean, it's like really funny this stuff. Um <laughs> We sat with McCain, who told us about why Trump was going to lose. We sat with a couple of Republican guys that just shat all over Trump. Trump, and then a year later, we're all working for Trump. There was—I cannot tell you—there was this uh, that there, experience. Yeah, <laughs> there was this. There was this narrative. You probably remember this, like nobody's business. They kept saying like Trump's good for the party. Because he's getting all the crazies out in front, and then someone's going to get on that stage, and they're going to punch him in the mouth, and then he's going to go away, and yeah. all the crazies will be gone. It's just it's going to take one debate, someone's going to punch him in his mouth, yeah. he's, you know, and, then, and then we're going to clear it out. It's good for the Republican Party. Yeah. I yeah. remember we went to some dinner. I'm sure you know it. It's that fancy Indian restaurant that Tammy likes in yeah. one of the DuPont Circle or something. Um, she took us there. Yeah. It was this fabulous evening of just different yeah. like reporters, consultants, and I'm sitting with some guy. I don't know his name, and he's telling me how right now he's just kind of helping Jeb, but he's it's it, it'll be soon enough, and then Jeb will be the nominee. I mean, it was just it was a symphony of wrongness. I mean, in a great yeah. way. But I mean, obviously yeah. everyone was wrong. But yeah. it was it was beautiful. God, there was some guy. I God, I loved it. He just he used to call it simple. Uh, See, simple block and tackle politics was a phrase we gave that right to Kevin Dunn as Ben. I mean, it was just like so you're just absorbing. Yeah. Oh, you're just absorbing. World, I mean, all this language. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's the language. Yeah. And, and by the way, and, you're, I, and, you, and do you like do you are you like a micromanager where you want to do it personally? You want to know all that stuff? Oh, I have to know it all. Yeah. I mean, I have to know it all because yeah. that's that's where it, I mean, I just I have to look. At some point, 
and this is the job of the showrunner. Yeah. There are individual writers of the episodes. Yeah. But every episode goes through what I, I, mean, I always say, it goes through my typewriter. But obviously, it's not a typewriter. And that's kind yeah. of like, you know, even on the great curb, ep- I'm sorry, the great curb, even on like, like, there were times where like you'd write an episode of Seinfeld and Larry and Jerry would let it go, take it right to the table. It was the greatest thing in the world. Like, my episode got to go to the table. Yeah, and that then, was like the biggest right. validation. And then, right, because it was like yeah. they liked it enough to take it to the table. But then they still went through it and they they do the stuff to it that made it special. And eventually yeah. you learn and you get closer, but yeah. the stuff that they added. And so that's the stuff I do. That's my job on Veep. I'm the showrunner. I'm not talking about yeah. I have to get credit on everything. I'm just talking about that is my job. And so I'm going to go through it and I'm going to, yeah. again, whether it's jokes or comedy or authenticity or whatever it is, but... But we swam in that stuff, and we all loved it. It wasn't just me. We all loved it. And then so along with that, of course, now I'm subscribing to the Washington Post. I'm subscribing to polit- the, you know, I'm subscribing to the Politico. I'm getting my morning, you know, I'm yeah. getting my morning newsletter. Yeah. Uh, I hope you're reading Playbook. I'm reading Playbook every day. <laughs> every day Playbook. And I'm, by the way, I'm still reading Playbook every day, and I don't work at Veep <laughs> anymore because I can't stop. So um, you, you, yeah, James, that's when you become yeah. a junkie. You James, were a junkie before. What was James Homan's newsletter? Yes. The 805? What's the area? 202. Sorry, Jesus. Yeah. yeah, it was like 10,000 words yeah. long. He's now a columnist. Yes, no, I know. still exists. But we met him when we went to the Washington Post. Yeah. I really liked him. We had a really, really interesting conversation guy. with him and a couple of people. I think we talked to them about the whole, it must have been a lot about Florida at the time and the recount. They yeah. had some, a whole bunch of cool stuff to say about that, which then became like some of our Nevada, Nevada story and our recount story, you know, yeah. just absorbed all that stuff. But he was so cool. I remember subscribing to the 202. Fucking loved it. I'm sorry. 202 ain't what I, I'm actually, I'm still subscribed, but I'm actually on the edge of getting rid of it. It's not the same since Homan left. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> no. Is that hardcore political for you that <laughs> no, it no. ain't the same since Homan left? <laughs> no. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Only, very few. Yeah. People would be able yeah. to uh, understand that yeah. sentence, but all of our audience will understand it. <laughs> yeah, well, it, but it's true. It's sadly true. Yeah, it's yeah. not the, quite the same. Um, anyway, uh, this is the world I live in. And yeah. then let's go one step further. Uh, you know, back to the you know book reading, you know, yeah. book learning. I mean, this is the shit I love. And yeah. so... Look, I am I am well versed in I mean my my Robert Caro is my secret bible of this stuff, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so any chance for a Lyndon Johnson reference or by the way just, you know, stealing a little bit of a story from something in yeah. there. You know what I mean? Like there's some moment of like uh when Selena gets Tom to be the economy czar, okay. she announces it, even though he said no, which is what LBJ did to Sergeant Shriver, I believe, on the Peace Corps or something like that. There's, you know, an Fine. anecdote in there and just yeah. did it. And it's just like, Celine and Tom. I mean, it's just like, yeah. you're just anywhere you can get it. And then also, and I do think this was a big difference uh, between, I don't know, mine and Armando's regimes, if you will. We're Americans. I am well-versed in American history. And so I think our references got a little more specific. I mean, there's a joke we did that is still one of my all-time favorite jokes, um, which was, it wasn't my joke, so I don't take credit. I didn't write it, but I saw it. It was pitched to me, and I put it in the show, which is, uh, I think Reed says it. uh, So Dan says it. at the uh, the big donor giveaway, uh, big donor, you know, like it was like sort of the 
It was like our version of the Aspen sort of getaway where she's courting the big donor yeah, and yeah. whatnot. And the line was something like, uh, it was like, it was like, oh God, it was like, I haven't seen anyone, you know, this worried about nothing since Clyde Tolson's hysterical pregnancy. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yes. But fuck me. That's really a good, good. joke. That's yeah. Good. yeah. 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 Is there, are there any? By uh, the way, yeah. in White House Plumbers, uh, oh, yeah, we, we, we have a scene. I know. Well, some people <laughs> talk about White House Plumbers. That'll be hour 11. Um, there's a line. It's, I, and it's, it's my little nod. They're in the office. They're getting the official okay from Mitchell that he's finally approved one of the gemstones. That he's given them permission. They find out to go break into the Watergate to the DNC. Yeah. But it's the day that Jager Hoover dies. dies. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember if it's Liddy or Hunt, but it says something like, my condolences to the widow Tolson. So yes, that is my that is my hysterical pregnancy callback. Good. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Are, are, there any, <laughs> are there any Veep characters based on uh, real political consultants, candidates? There's people? stuff in there. You know, for example, um, again, when we were, my first season when we're doing sort of our version of Florida, yeah. uh, which was in Nevada, they bring in the Eagle, played by Martin Mull, and it was kind of a little bit about the way James Baker, Baker yeah. handed, what's his name, Warren, Warren Christopher, Christopher, his head. Now, we obviously turned him into a daffy, lunatic old yeah. man, yeah. but it was, it, was, it was yeah. based on that. And yeah. dare I say, and I cannot remember the character's name, but Harris Eulen plays and there's this big meeting, yeah. and he's the big wig on the other side. And he's our James Baker, because yeah. I... Yeah. I'm obsessed with James Baker and just because he managed to succeed in this Veep world in a way that just so few others have and can. And I'm not getting into politics. I'm just talking about his uncanny ability to navigate, too. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, yeah. yeah. So Baker's always a biggie for me. To this day, even I always thought fascinating how he even navigated the Trump era Mm -hmm. when he was decided not, he decided to sort of not be a Trump critic, which I always found fascinating. Like, what's this guy up to at this age? Which, unfortunately, (laughs) I wish he had. I wish, I mean, again, the courage I was looking for from some Republicans more. Are there times when you've seen stuff that's uh, appeared on Veep and then was uncannily um, uh, happened in, in, in real oh, life? It's beyond What are your horrifying. favorite examples? I mean, <laughs> we did an episode. I mean, I mean, again, sometimes they're small things. I remember yeah. doing an episode where Selena, when she was sort of, she first met uh, the ambassador from Cutter and then went over to Cutter and got involved in that world. Yeah. And that episode aired. And then like, you know, two episodes later, Trump went over and remember he was touching the weird the light orb. globe, the, the orb. orb and stuff. One of the strangest yeah. episodes Which of the Trump era. We didn't do an orb, right. but people were going, oh my God, Selena just went over to the Middle East and did shit and now Trump, I mean, so. And it was you, like in you, real time yeah. it was happening. Right? Exactly. And so there were just moments like that yeah. that didn't stop. Our second to last episode aired on a Sunday night when Jonah was running for president. Tim was up there giving a like a crazy speech and his policy, which we had invented. And this was not this was a reaction to something Trump had said. It was a his immigration policy was it was like nobody in, but also nobody out. It was a very it made no sense. It was like, yeah, nobody in and nobody out. and you can't leave yeah, either. Yeah. And there was a runner in the show that early on he mentions Selena and they yell from the audience, kill her. And that was a runner. That there was always there was someone in the crowd that was constantly yelling, kill her, kill them, kill yeah. whatever. Yeah. And so 
later on, we get to something about immigrants and someone yells, kill them. And Jonah's like, well, not all of them. There are some good, some good ones. And then, of course, in a very sort of Trump way. But at that point, I'm not sure we were that Trump was. He was still rambling. Was he starting to like. In, in, he, it was less of that. Show? It was less. He was definitely influencing the show. Yeah. But it was also less of that. You know how now it almost feels like sometimes he's just doing word association. Yeah. He yeah. was not fully formed yeah. in that version yet. And yeah. so the he, guy that does the SNL character yes, now does that really gets so that. perfect. Yeah. Just so perfect. Where yeah. he'll just say something and he'll just be like, you know, Harrison Ford, and then he'll just go Indiana Jones, blah 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 blah. Yeah. But what was Howard the? You know, the way yes. he just jumps around. Yeah. So he, that had not. Be, that was not the Trump of then quite yet yeah. but Jonah goes on to this thing about this immigrant guy he knows that makes this really good like like shish kebab or something anyway it was that right. but anyway that happens on like a Sunday night Tuesday or Wednesday Trump's in Florida because you know of course Florida yeah. and says something about immigrants and people yell like someone yells like shoot them yeah. and Trump goes ha 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 we can't do that I yeah. mean yeah. You're just like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. we yeah. said it, he said it. I mean, yeah. it got nuts. Yeah. And by the way, yeah. that's why we ended the show. Wait, seriously? Because oh. The, because you couldn't parody politics anymore? Two things happened. When he got elected, yeah. and we were in the middle of our season. Yeah. And what's yeah. this? Line up the dates for us. So, uh, so this would have been my second to last season. Okay. And so election night we're shooting like episode three or four of what was season six. Okay. Now, in that season, Selena has lost the presidency at the end of the previous season. And yeah. so now she is the former president of the United States, which I always, was always this sort of weird master yeah. plan I had. The librarian. I, yes, exactly. Cause, <laughs> but I also thought it would just be so incredible to have her have been Veep, yeah. been president but not elected, and now this former president, a little bit like Ford, that no one's quite sure, but what's does this count? Like, well, yes, exactly, exactly, yes, things. exactly. And much like Ford, people aren't really sure if you should or could. And so again, all comes from real life, you know, yeah. that part of it. But also, I just love the idea that the show was Veep about a former president of the United States. And honestly, yeah. If, if there had been a way to do seven seasons, like if just I could have like ten that. more seasons of her just as the former president of the United States, I'd have done going. it. Yeah. But we're doing that, and we're shooting the episode where she's kind of doing her Jimmy Carter thing, where she's overseas um, checking out a Democratic, she's trying to like supervise the first Democratic election in, I can't remember, Georgia or something like Yes, Georgia. Yeah, yeah, she's in yeah. Georgia trying to supervise yeah. an election. Um the country, yeah, yes, country yeah, Georgia, yeah, yeah. which you know, of course, to her, she goes, "This is almost as big a shithole as the real Georgia." <laughs> yes, that's her joke or whatever. Um, so we're doing that episode, and we're shooting, and it's election night, and we start the day with Hillary's going to win, and very quickly she ain't going to win, and it's just yeah. getting worse. But we keep, you know, we're sitting there like everybody else because we're just shooting and we're trying. You keep your, I can't remember now, we're waiting for whatever state to come yeah. in, hoping against hope. We know it's not going to, yeah. but like it's the, you know, the last chances of it all. And then we have to be fun. You guys shooting in uh, West? We're or shooting out here in LA. In LA. And it was, at, at that point, it was the evening. It was yeah. like the early evening yeah. or the late evening at that point. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And we're so depressed. And of course, Julia has to be funny, which is its own thing. But Trump gets elected and we get through that season because she is former president of the United States. And I've always felt that 
had she still been president, had we been doing scenes in the Oval, had Mike McClintock been doing press scenes in the press room where you would have been seeing Mike and seeing fucking Sean Spicer and whatnot, like, we would have been dead. No, it wouldn't have been absurd. We would have been dead in the water. We would have seemed like an out-of-date piece of shit show. But we kind of got away with it because we got lucky enough that she was the ex-president. Yeah. And then we started writing the next season, and then we were, uh, you know, a couple of weeks away from shooting, and that's when Julia got diagnosed with uh, breast cancer. Yeah. And I've made this joke before, but I don't care. Thank God. Thank <laughs> God she got cancer. Because while we kind of kept doing a couple of table reads and whatnot, we ended up shutting down while she recovered. Once we knew she was going to be okay... And of course, Julia, she of course wanted to keep shooting. Like she was like, we can do it. Which is like, you're insane. But it was like, we're not going to tell you you're insane. We're just going to let you realize that's crazy. I mean, she would come in for the table reads. She was wasting away. You couldn't hug her because you didn't want to get her sick or something. But, But at the same time, it gave her something, you know, like to look forward to. But at a certain point, everything was going to be okay. But it was going to take a couple of months. And that was... January of his second year, so the beginning of his second term. And he gives that uh, State of the Union address that's just monstrous. And I have always felt like that first year, he's still nervous. He's still not quite sure what have I gotten myself into. And then that second year from the State of the Union on, he decides to let Trump be Trump. And he steps on the gas and things get really crazy and really terrible. And the more that happened, you know, we've got like these scripts of Selena's going to try and run again and we're going to be in Iowa and all this kind of stuff. And I don't know how to say it. The show just seemed irrelevant because all the things that we prided the show on, which was number one, Selena talks one way privately, but a different way publicly. That seems like it's out the window. Yep. So number yep. one, Selena, the idea that she talks one way in public, but then behind the scenes, which is a, a staple yeah. of the first four seasons, five seasons, six seasons of Veep. That's out the window. This yeah. guy is just, he's cursing with the presidential seal in front of you. Yeah. Number two, going back to, I believe, the pilot of Veep, she is constantly hoisted on her own retard. Like, but basically, there's this notion of saying something and having to eat your own words and apologize and whatever. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden, there are no consequences. Consequences right. disappear right. from politics. And the idea that that's a political yeah. scandal. Yes, yeah. so the idea of what a scandal is is <laughs> yeah. insane. Yeah. And I, I've, you know, we did the joke um, in one of my in my early season where, oh my God, the president's tweeting and Mike goes running. I mean, it's, it's just right. like because it, it, right. again, you look at Veep, look at those yeah. first, and including my first season, maybe even into my second season, those first six seasons of Veep, the show seems like it's from the 1890s. It looks like it's from the Gilded Age. I was talking to Eric Schultz. You know Eric Schultz. I had lots of go-rounds with Eric when he was working for Obama and he was joking about like, you know, whatever causing headaches for, right. for Obama work. I was like, dude, I mean, those things were such such non-issues. Yes, compared. of course. Yeah, now it seems yeah. like nothing. Yeah. Hiccups, yeah. I mean, it's, so, like the, it's, like, it's always like the brown suit. You know what I mean? Exactly. Or the tan exactly. suit. What was it? The, the tan, tan suit? Yeah. The yeah. tan suit. Tan scoot suit gate. Yeah. yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, but it just, like I said, it just it, seems like... Couldn't, yeah. I mean, ben Franklin. I was talking yeah. about ben, ben Franklin is as relevant to, like, modern politics as... 
early season, like yeah. even my first two seasons of Veep is to the Trump era. If yeah. Hillary had won, uh, would you have kept going? You think? I, I honestly think we would have. Yeah. I mean, I, I look at some point we at were going to. We could have. At yeah. some point, you don't know what you would have done. Right. But I, it didn't make like, it. It would not have been the same. I guess yeah. is what I'll simply yeah. say. Yeah. yeah. Um, another reason to be angry at Hillary. God damn it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you had, yeah. you had a good run. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so what ends up happening is he goes nuts in that sort of year two. Yeah. Or I don't even know. I sometimes want to call it season two of the Trump presidency because that's, you know, what the fuck it feels like. Yeah. Um, and again, thanks to Julia's cancer, I just realized the only way to do this is to sprint and outrace them and leave the stage. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know how else to do it. And it was this notion, and I will tell you, and I, I again, I, somewhere this exists, my original version of the finale of Veep yeah. was that through a similar series of whatever, because of Jonah, she would lose the presidency at the, at the divided... Uh, House of Representatives? No, 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 no. Sorry, this would have then be at the. Con- uh, it would have been a. It would have oh, been a brokered convention, yeah, yeah. and she would have lost the presidency, and Tom James would have been president of the United States. Yeah. And then other things were going to still happen. Like Richard was eventually going to be president one way or another. Richard Splett was going to be president of the United States. That was always going to happen. Yeah. But, and and I and I sat there and I said to myself, I'll say two things. One, I did start to wonder. Is the Jonah messes things up? Have we gone to that again, that well, one too many times? Like, is that yeah? Is that what people are going to think is going to happen? Is that whatever? But also, have we done it? And that's that's a comedy conceptual question. Yeah. But the larger question, and I think this will make sense to you: Why is Selena being punished for being such a reprehensible person when it seems like being a reprehensible person at this point is the only way to succeed, and yeah. that? other people are being rewarded for their absolute terribleness. Now, yeah. I think we can also make the argument that there has to be something wrong with you to begin with to be president of the United States, and that includes the good ones. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we can there's talk certain- about that. Yes. 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 And there's a certain thing. There is a, there's a, and, and I'm a comedy writer. I have a healthy ego. Yeah. But there is a, there is an ego, a desire of something. And you, you, know, you read any presidential biography and you see it. You read about FDR and yeah. there's just this the, the narcissism, this, this, narcissism and, yeah. this ego narcissism insanity yeah. that just is there and it's present. And it can yeah. be channeled for good, but obviously it can be channeled for bad. But the larger point was, why is Selena being punished for this behavior that Donald Trump seems to be doing and is being rewarded? And I realized all of a sudden we have to go the other way and almost embrace our cynicism. And that last season, Interesting. Wow. So that, that really last season things. radically changed yeah. into this horror show where yeah. Jonah was awful and she was worse. And ultimately she gets to the, gets to the, and, and, and very quickly, what's the worst thing she can do? What are the worst things she can do? Well, let's, you know, what if she sells out like gay marriage and like, you know, yeah. LGBTQ to LGBTQT rights, including, you know, including her own daughter and stepdaughter, whatever. She sells that out. Well, that's yeah. pretty horrible. Yeah. Um, what if she, you know, sells off to bet? Well, that's pretty horrible too. But, but that's all, it's all in the ether in the yeah. sense of like, it doesn't feel personal. What is the worst thing she can do? In like, honestly, who is the yeah. only character that she has ever given two shits about and who loves her more than life itself? Gary, Tony Hale. And so 
she has to kill Fredo. She has to be Michael. She has to, you have to kill Fredo in the rowboat. Yeah. And it is the worst thing we do, we've ever seen. And you just realize her humanity is gone. And that all locked in. And that's the season you saw. And it all was because of Trump and Julia's cancer. And I will tell it's you, had she not gotten cancer, it's such a weird thing to say, had we shot what we had written, and yeah. again, I'm sure it would have changed a little bit as we went along. Had we shot what we wrote, I don't think people would be. I don't think people would have enjoyed it. I think it would have also seemed irrelevant. It would have seemed like a relic. Yeah. And I think people would not be holding Veep in as high regard, maybe as they do, because look, I, I hope I'm. I oh, fuck it. I'm going to say it. I, 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 look, uh, there are episodes of Veep I love. There are episodes of Veep that are. Okay, there are episodes of Veep I did that I think could be better. I fucking love my finale. I don't care. I fucking love my finale and her going full Michael and killing Fredo and then those moments of her that back end of the show, but her in the White House at the end yeah. with no one you've none of her staff there, all new staff, just like alone. Yeah. And for a second realizing Gary's gone and honestly and it was all based on it was this idea do you remember these stories that used to be out there there were these stories of that like Trump sitting upstairs in his bedroom like almost like staring into the abyss it was a little bit more of a yeah. sort of season one of Trump yeah. where he was a little more freaked out about yeah, what the Michael the, yeah. Wolf built a book I think yeah, some of that stuff. I yeah. Know, true or not yeah. Yeah. it was just this <laughs> sense of Selena for a second, like a moment of silence where all of yeah. a sudden she thinks about everything she did. And then the phone rings and it's the Israeli ambassador or the Israeli premier. I can't remember who it was. Yeah. And she just, David, hello, shalom, how yeah. are you? And it just, she, she just buries it. buries it and it's gone. Yeah. And that and then into the picking it up with her funeral and whatever, whatever. I mean, we were off to the races. Yeah. And, uh, and I will, that... That scene of Julia, it's to me, it's the greatest thing she ever did. And uh, that's so yeah. fascinating. And don't get me. And I fucking love Fleabag. Yeah. And I love uh, Phoebe Wall. Uh, what did Phoebe? Is it Waller Bridges? Am I? Yes, it is. So, yes. Waller Bridge. Yeah, Waller Bridge. Sorry. Yeah. I, all of a sudden, I was like, is that somebody else? No, I, lo <laughs> I love her. She's incredible. And she's yeah. great in it. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Julia deserved the Emmy that year. That, the, the, some, there was a, that idea that because Julia had won, and I don't care, this is not Julia saying it, this is me saying it. The yeah. idea that because Julia had won it so many times, she shouldn't get it again, yeah. change the rules yeah. or whatever. But if you're yeah. going to call it best, best, best actor, <laughs> I defy you. Watch that. Watch those two minutes and yeah. show me anything better ever. And I, I don't care. I'll say it. You know, <laughs> not her saying it. Yeah, I don't fucking care. Yeah, it's that's, that good. That's but that's though. all it's Trump. A, and we, yeah. ha we had to go. I always laugh. It was like we were being chased by the boulder in Raiders of the Lost Ark. It was just like, yeah. it's just catching up to us. That's we got to get off the stage. So that's yeah. the, the risk and pressure of doing something uh, contemporary like that. It is a huge yeah. risk. I mean, I don't think we can do it. I mean, people keep going like, can you do Veep again? Can you do Veep yeah. again? And it's just like, look, I know it, these are the, 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 you know, the Biden era of good hope or whatever we're calling it. But it just politics is broken. And yeah. I don't know what Veep is in this world. Yeah. I've yeah. joked somewhat. I, I did a... I was a huge West Wing fan. I, I was, you know. Yeah. And uh, obviously it's completely different. But to <laughs> me, in these troubled times, I would almost rather watch well, a West right. Wing than right. a Veep. I, right. I hate to say. It's had a little bit of a yeah. renaissance during the Trump era, I noticed. I noticed uh, I guess people were looking for... Well, the know, idea that, that, you know, you... Yeah, it's like, 
Veep, I think, works during the Obama years because yeah. everything seems okay. And then, yeah, you know, and, but obviously right. West Wing arises during the Bush years because everything not so good. Right. I mean, yeah, that's the, the TV theory of politics. Do you, yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you... Um, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm oh, no, leaning I'm in. I apologize. You, I'll oh, no, back okay. too. Is that, oh, I'm yeah. fine. Like doing this. How, sorry. How um, how frequently do you get a text or an email or a conversation uh, with something that happened with Kamala Harris um, and they, some, a friend or or? I get a lot of. I get a lot Veep. of the. I get a lot of Kamala Veep stuff, and I. What's your I, view I, of that? I just. I, I, I feel like we have a sort of soft ban on those references. Yeah, I, I do. T- I sort of. I mean, this like, is this is where we're going to get accused it, it's of too easy. But it's also yeah. there's some good argument. It sometimes comes off as, as sexist. But what's you know? I, it's like it makes me feel bad, and I'm not. Yeah. I'm never. I'm never denying the references, and there yeah. are certainly some occasional times. There's that moment where Joe is dumping on her like unsolvable problems, where it's like uh, Kamala's issues are going to be she's going to solve the border crisis. Uh, Mideast peace, uh, the Chinese <laughs> island building, and also we're going to put her in charge of the first mission to Mars. And it's just like, fuck me, I'm yeah. the vice president. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there's those moments yeah. of like, oh, they haven't had lunch together in six months. And again, I know COVID and everything, but yeah. I, just, I feel bad. And yeah. I am, look, there's two things. I don't want to make those jokes. I'm also a big yeah. believer in not punching down. I hate to say it. It's like, yeah. I call it to me too easy or whatnot. I'm sure yeah. I'll be accused of playing favorites. Good, I'm playing favorites. Guess yeah. what? I yeah. Guess what, everybody? I voted for Biden and Kamala. I gave them money too. <laughs> Sue me. I don't know what to say. Yeah, uh, you know, Trump, no. I don't know what else. I can't, yeah. I can't say anymore. My politics are very clear. Yeah. Um, I just, but I, I just, I don't want to punch down and I don't want to be party to it. Yeah. But it, it is, it's on Twitter once a week, one way or another, or yeah. whatever that garbage can is these days. But yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So I, heard, <laughs> I understand you have a new show. Yes. <laughs> I wrote it and filmed it while we've been doing this interview. That's how long it's been going. Have yeah. to go because everyone's going to be mad at us if we don't mm. talk about this. So I have a show. <laughs> you have a show. We started it aired six years ago. It aired six years ago. We're now in 2027. It aired in May May 1st, 2023. (laughs) It premiered. That was five years ago. (laughs) So tell us about um, Bud. Bud Krogh. Bud Krogh, who's such an important when you when you you know go down the rabbit hole such an important watergate figure um but not one of the names that everyone yes he's not knows. for whatever reason the he doesn't get ehrlichman's press <laughs> right, or John right. yeah or obviously i mean ehrlichman had a really, really good pr guy yeah let's just be honest yeah <laughs> and woodward and bernstein yeah too. So what's uh, um, so tell us the, about the so book. The, the book? Did you option the book? So the yeah. origins start like this. It's a yeah. sort of very complicated story, but sort of interesting. And some of this predates me, but I'm a character, which okay. is to say, so in that final year of Veep, Alex Gregory and Pete Hike are the writers, and yeah. they're writers on Veep. And yep. Alex and I, excuse me, actually went to high school together, which is apropos huh. of nothing, but Weird. we've known okay. each other for a very long time. So. In that final season of Veep, the writers are starting to figure out what we're doing next, you know, for that obvious reason. Yeah. And somewhere in there, Dave Bernad, who is one of the producers, his father is a doctor in the greater Washington, D.C. area. Dave grew up in Washington, D.C. Silver Spring, I think, right? I think so. He, I think his family is still there. 
And his dad was Eagle Bud Krogh's doctor. And Krogh recently died, right? Yes, he a died couple, in 2020, Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. Yes. He died before production actually began, I believe. And I think actually before I'm not even sure. I think Dave was planning on going down to talk to him, and even that never happened. Oh, wow. So they optioned this book, and the book is about a lot of things, and obviously his involvement. And he is the. He went to jail. He did he, go to jail. In some ways, aid. he was willing to go to jail. He opted right. not to he take a deal. In. Yes, he opted. He did not look for a deal. He was sort of one of the guys that realized this was wrong eventually. But just to, just yes. so listeners, just yeah. to set this up, he's a young White House aide. I yep. think he's like late twenties. Yeah, he's got a title. He's got a title, but I don't never he's remember it. Yeah. And he's basically tasked with finding out everything they can about El, uh, Daniel Ellsberg, Daniel Ellsberg, who had just the released Pentagon the Pentagon Papers. Papers, come out, and Nixon loses his mind. This and is he, the starting yes, point. Yes, for Watergate, this is basically. the starting point for Watergate. Yeah. And basically, this notion of who Ellsberg is, that he must be a communist, that he must be something, that we have got to discredit him, therefore discredit the Pentagon Papers by discrediting him, but also putting an end to these leaks in general. Yeah. Just the idea that this can never happen again yeah. and that he needs to be pursued and you know struck at with all the strength of the, the law, basically. Yeah. And of course, in the name the, of the and law... And the true believers yeah. think that... like. This isn't. This isn't like some minor thing. We're doing this for God and country. It like, is like this is a national security. It is. Risk. It is. They treat it. It's a two-parter. They feel like, yeah, the communists are coming to get us at any moment, and that it is in the name of the law or in the name of law and order. We will break every law because this yeah. is to save the country. Yeah. It is a. Yeah. It is a holy war, if you will, on behalf of Nixon. Yeah. Yeah. So. Bud Krogh brings in a guy he worked at, I think the FBI with, which was Gordon Liddy. And then, um, what's his name? The other aide who calls, uh, ah, crap. Uh, uh, McCord. Not McCord. The, uh, work for the, pre the president's, uh, one of the counselors. Not Holdman, No. Not uh, Mitchell. But it's, I uh, just, crap. We're going to look it up so we so get this right. No, that's yeah. right. <laughs> Let me just go to, uh. I had the page up with all the details here. It's uh, it's he's not on camera. He's the the phone call in the beginning of the show where they go. It's the White House. It's yep. And this is hold yeah. On, I got this here. Let's see. I'm literally looking up. It's not David Young, right? No, no. Uh. Coulson. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So Coulson was kind of in bed with Hunt and so recommends Hunt to Krogh and Krogh has Liddy and they kind of have this SIU, this special operations yeah. that they kind of put together. But let me I'll yeah. back a little bit up into the story before we get into the details, which is so... Dave, I believe, options this book. He brings it to Pete and Alex. Pete and Alex... I think set it up with WIP, which is a production company that used to be part of CAA, but okay. then they had to break away from the production company when the writers 
the whole to do and whatever. Anyway, yeah. not the point of the story. Um, they set it up. They get Justin and Woody attached to, I think at the time. Justin Thoreau and Woody Harrelson. Yes, yes, sorry. Yeah. To the yeah. first script, I believe. Yeah. And then it gets taken to HBO and it gets set up there. Okay, under, so they're attached to it early on. Yes, okay. very early yeah, on. Yeah. They, they all precede me. Yeah, got it. So when I join, basically, and so I knew, not about the Woody and the Justin, but yeah. I knew they were working on it because they would tell me, like, oh, we got a meeting. Oh, that yeah. sounds cool. Yeah. I'll see you guys in a couple hours. You know, whatever. That, yeah. that was my, that's my involvement early on. We finished Veep. And the following fall, so this would have been that September, they're like, hey, would you come and do like a week or two, like, you know, like a like a like a little room. And uh, and I'm not only would I do it, but also I, I let me let me go the other way. I am under contract to HBO. So, of course, I'll do it. Yeah. But even if I was under contract to a different company, I would have snuck out and done it yeah. because they're my veep guys. I mean, yeah. you know, you just, you know, I. Yeah. How do you say thank you? You show up where they ask you to. Yeah. And. At the time, I think we were, they were thinking of it as a six-episode miniseries, and they had the first episode. And it was me and a couple other people, and Frank Rich was there in the room. Uh, Georgia Pritchard, who was another Veep writer, a couple other people. Um, and we, uh, we kind of spent like a, couple of week, like a week together or so and, you know, did some heavy lifting, some rearranging. I think it became five episodes and started to find the shape that it, became now yeah. that's a lot of what i was doing in there and somehow at the end of that week i was the director <laughs> <laughs> and i then and i did have to come to new i did have to then meet woody and justin and i kind of yeah. you know, had to sell myself a teeny tiny bit just a little bit of not so much my qualifications as much as as i looked at it just that i was that i to be able to add some scope to it meaning yeah. it wasn't an episode of veep and i was very aware of that and i knew it meant you know it meant you know just like obviously obsessing about those other things perhaps that we didn't obsess as much about obviously there was a house there was a house camera style at veep you know in terms of that pseudo documentary right. thing we weren't going to shoot it like that right yeah it's um it's it's a more uh, cinematic. It's cinematic. It's, it's, I was going to say it's more artistically like, yeah. shot film. It's, it's a five it, yeah. one hour movies. It right. really is, and right. it right. and they take the heavy, production values yes. seem higher, and they take heavily um, influenced yeah. both in terms of the, the the cinematography, but certainly the production design. A wonderful, incredible production designer named uh, Anastasia White, Stasha White, my my DP Stephen Meisler, where we really wanted to depict the seventies in a way that. They weren't that they were, if that makes any sense. Like not the jokey seventies, right. and it's also not all pop culture, right? Kitschy. And also a seventies where if you're if it's nineteen seventy two, a lot of your stuff is from the fifties and sixties, and people forget yeah. that. Not everything is brand new nineteen seventy two. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the details, the stove. Yes, you know, I had that exact stove yes. growing up in a seventies ranch house in the suburbs of New York. You know, with the white buttons. Oh my and the god! Coil. The search for that hunt house was unbelievable. It, but when we found it, it was right. And that's yeah. all. That's all. That's not set. That house as a real house. I yeah. will tell you, we built into their basement a little bit. They yeah. had a giant sort of rumpus room, open basement that I think had like a pool table in it. Yeah. And we kind of closed it down and built Hunt's office down there. But the the it did yeah. exist. So we did a little bit of that. But where, 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 yeah. where'd you find the house? It was up in Newburgh, New York. We mm -hmm. shot the whole thing up there. Yeah. And it was a funny thing because in round one, when we originally were going to shoot pre-COVID, we were here, you know, 
We're here at <laughs> getting crazy yeah. in here. We were here at the. Uh, we would start every day here, like you know, at the Whippy, like I said. Yeah. And then we'd go look at locations and everything in New York City, even if it's an old building, they've gutted the interior and it's all brand new. Yeah. We kept driving further and further outside the city and it was getting ridiculous. Yeah. Um, because you know we're driving to Long Island and to find an office with 1960s interiors, and so it got very oh, concerning. No, I know, it, but it, like, it got like very that concerning <laughs> that like we're gonna have to build a lot more than we thought we were going to. Then we shut down for COVID. Yeah. And if you remember, there was this sense coming out of covid that the cities were very unsafe and that you would be it would be safer to somehow be up in the like up yeah. in the middle of nowhere because a like i don't know people wouldn't go to nightclubs and get yeah. i don't know i don't know yes. what the reasoning was Everything but you know was yes yeah so coming out of covid the decision was made we're going to shoot up in like the newburgh poughkeepsie area yeah and the the one good thing about that even though it was actually as about as red state as it can be and i'm not even sure anybody was vaccinated up there we were but i don't know about anybody else um you knocked on a door and they're like can we see your house for a location and they'd be like is it okay that our stove is from 1963? And it was like, yes, it is. We'll take it. <laughs> and we just found so much great stuff up there. Just so much, like, yeah. you know, old, like, banks from the 1950s that had been abandoned that we turned into our Senate hearing room and just yeah. stuff like that. You know, just yeah, great. I, I yeah. really know that really comes out in the show. There are little touches, like, when What's-Her-Name, uh, who's on her typewriter, and calls out to someone about the spelling of a yes. word. Yes, yeah. And it just strikes me like, wow, you just... Yeah, do you remember when we used to have to spell? Anymore. Yes, exactly. You know? But by the way, also an office with like a typing pool of like like all women basically secretaries yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. No, so um, wonderfully was it dated. Fun? Yeah. Was it fun doing that kind of like historical I mean, research? I like, love digging yeah. into that. And yeah. like I said, I mentioned Stash uh, and then we had uh, uh, Leah Katznelson was our costume person and I just, yeah. I love immersing myself in that part of things. Farmers are the heartbeat of rural America. Congress recently invested $20 billion in America's farmers and ranchers, focusing on conservation practices and profits for future generations. Today, these funds are at risk. You're squawking over $20 billion. That USDA program, it's investment into the future for everybody. If the funding was eliminated, it could hurt farms and families. Tell Congress, protect this generational investment in the Farm Bill. Learn more at investinourland.org. Paid for by Invest in Our Land. What, so one yeah. of the things that happened when I'm watching it, and if you, you know, I haven't immersed myself in Watergate sure. trivia in a while, so I'm like, oh shit, did that really happen? Well, there's a lot or of... Yeah, no, I know. Up? And then you'll cut to like the evening news and I'm like oh shit that it did, happened. That did it happen happened, yeah. or I'll go on Google and be like oh yeah that did happen I mean, so how much how, so tell us yeah. about the balance between historical accuracy and what corners you can cut because you're making Where a you're drama cu you're cutting corners because you're trying to be in it, tell an entertaining story yeah. there are meetings with other people in it there were other groups of Nixon, I don't know what to call them, not plumbers, but saboteurs. Yeah. By the way, I believe David Young is technically the guy that coined the phrase plumbers. Huh. Now, we don't say that Hunt coined it. He takes, he, it's the Got sign it. is up. So we, we skirt the issue because there was no room for you're the David Young character. And Am I making sense? Yes. Yeah. You're, mention, you're mentioning yeah. the old executive office building yes. where they put a plaque yes. outside On the, their office that, that says, says plumbers. plumbers. Yeah. That happened? 
Apparently. That's been, yeah. that, that's yes. in the, 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 that's been reported. Here's, yeah. Let me put it this way. They hung some sort of a sign. Got it. We, I, and that's what we went with. Got, we have got no got picture it. of yeah. it. Uh, but yeah. I don't believe they stuck a piece of paper up. You think it was a real... I yeah. believe it was made, yeah. so we went for it. Got yes. It. Yeah. And so, again, maybe someone will tell us, I was there and that's not what it was. Fine. But they still advertised on a door yes. one way or another they were the plumbers. And in that meeting, like with Mark Felt, yeah. David Young might have been there, and that's okay that he wasn't. And other things might have been discussed. But at the end of the day... And this is where it's sort of interesting with the, the Krogh book, which is it was optioned yeah. and it was used, but it is not, we're not making the Bud Krogh story right. and we're not making the Bud Krogh book. In a weird way, that just became a launching point for the Hunt Liddy story. And got that's it. with no offense to the book. Everything yeah. starts somewhere. But when we got in, when the guys, I think, got into that book, it took them in this direction. And then you start to just be devouring Anything and everything that you can devour because, like, when it comes to the break-ins, we've made a big sort of to-do about the fact that most people don't realize there were these four break-in attempts. Yeah. And I'm a you Watergate put that on af- screen yeah. in the right. first episode. And I'm a Watergate aficionado. Most people I didn't know. This. know. Yeah. I think I, I knew maybe there was one vague attempt, but I had no idea. Yeah. If but, I knew, I'd yeah. forgotten it because I was it was a revelation. To but me. what's yeah. hilarious is the guys themselves can't agree, and what you start to realize huh. is some of them don't count it as an attempt if they don't get upstairs. So it's almost like it was an attempt, but since they never got upstairs, it didn't count. Like so. Everybody's yeah. got a different count. And so you piece it together by, oh, here's an interview with Muscolito from the 80s. And now all of a sudden he's telling about the bank. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah. and you just, you're, it's. And it's, some of this history didn't come out until a long oh, time after. Like Liddy didn't yeah. write a memoir until like 80, right? right? But boy, when you read Liddy's mem- memoir, yeah. uh, Will, uh, you start to it's wonder. Will. I believe it's called Will. Will, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, to me, sometimes. I mean, I'll say one of three things, and I'm not, I have no answer. It strikes me that he was keeping a diary. Ah. I don't know if that's it's true. That, it's that detail. There is so much detail that I guess we could sit here and go, well, maybe he just made it all up, right. which I know is how people want to dismiss him. But he's but let's not dismiss dialogue. him. He's like, it, there is just so much memory and specifics of things. I don't know. To me, it, it strikes me he may have had a diary. He died yeah. not Very recently, so right he before. Di- and he's buried in Poughkeepsie. Oh, really? So yeah. not far from where you guys yeah. were? Yeah. I believe his funeral happened during our pre-production. Huh. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I'm... I, I hope this doesn't sound is eerie. Is this the Thoreau story? Justin gave me a very lovely rap gift, which is he went to the, the cemetery and he did a... He did a, like a brass rubbing of Liddy's... Uh, yeah. uh, tombstone. I don't know what else to call it. Yeah. You know, the way like you go, you know, you just do a rubbing and it's... Is, what did you do with it? Did you it's hang in my office? Yeah, it's it's like near and dear to my heart. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just. How yeah. many of the. I mean, many? I'm a collector to begin with. Okay. So you, but, I mean, I love. I mean, I collect original comic art. I collect movie props. I, I host yeah. a podcast of my own about movie prop collecting. You know, you Get see. Out of here. No, That's, it's called The Stuff Dreams Are Made Of. Uh, it's on how, Apple Podcasts. How yeah. often is. How often can you, It comes out every week. It's co Every it's week? Me, just about props? Me and Ryan Condal, who's the showrunner, co creator of uh, House of the Dragon. Wow. He's a collector. We've known each other for years, and we co-host the show. And every week, we 
we interview different people, collectors, different whatever, that and we talk about our own collection and auctions and stuff. So we do this thing. Stuff dreams are made of. Go check it out. I'm going um, to yep, listen. Check it out. Yeah. I did not know that. But, uh, so I'm a collector to begin with, yeah. but that was incredible. I mean, yeah. when Justin gave me that, yeah. When you finish cool. a production, yeah. uh, I assume there are like rules about what you can and can't take. I took everything I humanly could. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I'm sure HBO's police are looking for me, but yeah. Yeah. How, I mean, how, my my there's my office at Paramount looks like like some sort of like Veep like costume wardrobe depot. I mean, there's just like hanging racks of things I took. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. How much yeah. Um, contact did you have with the, the with the figures that are p- depicted in the movie and are, are still None. alive? Zero. None. Zero. On purpose. On, On purpose. How come? Yes. It's you don't just, want to contaminate. You it's don't just want to, like, too hard. It yeah. just it, you it just you get it, into like it, a it weird gets kind of relationship. And look. How does one say this? Uh, you know, to me, as this th- when this thing comes out, I don't know. Am I allowed to say this? It's only a matter of time till someone sues us. I can imagine. You know. Well, I yeah. think there's one who's known oh, as being there's pretty one litigious. In particular. <laughs> there's one in particular that we're waiting for. I and almost. You, yeah. I almost. Well, I'm going to say his name end, because no. you, you don't yeah. have to. Well, he's very. He's but, very nice guy. But he, yes. he, yeah, very nice guy. But but uh, but um, Dean. Is I almost put it, I almost put a joke yeah. at the you know at the yeah. very end of the final episode. There are these like what happened to everybody, yeah. And I for the I wanted for the love of God I wanted to put up like John Dean, you know, and to to you know he went on to some really wonderful stuff, and I was going to highlight a couple of those things, and then say he often went on to sue many Watergate productions, including this one. That was going to be my joke. So yeah. has he? Have well, has, what's the reaction been so far from John Dean? I have no idea. If there's been something, they have kept it from me. Yeah, yeah. got it. But that's <laughs> and I and I feel. I feel a little bad because he came to Veep, and I, I, I no one is. I he was one of your guests. One yes, of your like, and yeah. I, I respect the hell out of him. Yeah. I, I yeah. think he was involved in some bad stuff and made amends for it. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. yeah. Um, Nixon. Nixon is absent. Yes, from uh, fr- from the show, uh, obviously on purpose. Originally, in a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Originally. In the show, we, the guys, let me go way back. The yeah. guys originally had this notion of hearing occasionally throughout the show as I, I, what I would call a runner, but they were going to be used occasionally to set tone, to set time period and whatnot, excerpts from the Watergate tapes that were connected to the oh, guys. Yeah. And I, I think back in that first week when I did not know I was directing, I yeah. pitched this idea that I thought would be really cool because I love Watergate shows. I've seen them all, shows, yeah. movies, whatever, podcasts, whatever. Um, and I was always like, well, they always do this thing where like, you know, you like in like All the President's Men where you see like somebody driving through the White House gate or that kind of almost Doonesbury thing where you see an exterior of the White House and you hear the president talking. That's yeah. the yeah. that's the big move. Yeah. And then every now and then, like they have people just play the president, obviously, also. And yeah. the idea that I had was, and I guess it would have been in episode one, that you would we would see a guy walking. He would go into the basement room, which was this sort of almost locker room, which is where the recording devices were. And he would change the tapes out and take some of the tapes away. And then you would follow the wire from this like bank of recorders up into the ceiling and then pick it up in the floor of the, 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 under the desk, come up to the desk and see, we knew where, we have a a map of where the microphones were. There's a couple on the desk. 
there's a couple on like the lamp sconces and we were basically the shot was going to be if you will like the microphone's POV of like Nixon's legs, basically. Yeah. So sort of the microphone point of view and that we were going to get these things. And we shot it and it came out okay. I don't know if it perfectly worked, but it was okay. Yeah. The larger answer, though, what became what became very I became very aware of in the in the show. Yeah. They didn't get to meet Nixon. They were like a like a proper mafia operation. They were always was, three steps yeah. away. Nobody's bringing them no, yeah. into the Oval they Office. They got instructions yeah. from a guy that got instructions. Yeah, yeah. that's how you right. do Krogh it. Yeah, is told by yes, exactly. Uh, what uh, you know again, Coulson, Godfather Two told by like the family Irvin. had a lot of buffers. You know, the Godfather Two. That's yeah. the testimony. You yeah. know, yeah. a lot of buffers, a lot of buffers. Yeah. yeah. So, what became very aware to me was. These guys, these true believers, and we'll talk more about that in a minute, who worshipped at the altar of this guy who really probably wanted nothing to do with them. And we know from the tapes that he thought they were unhinged boobs, didn't think much of them, even though they were ready to lay down their lives for this guy. And that's the problem with true believerism. He had nothing to do with them. And so in a very strange way, there were two things. One, the tape excerpts would not have come out till later. So they didn't, they were technically chronological, but they didn't, no one would have actually heard them at the time. Right. And in a strange way, they put Nixon into this story. And by removing Nixon from the story and just maybe seeing him vaguely towards the end on, in like Walter Cronkite news footage, the way any citizen would have seen it. Yeah. They are getting their news the way the rest of the world is getting their news, and they are being informed what Nixon thinks of them the way yes. the rest yeah. of the world is. And yeah. it just changed the dynamic of Nixon is not a part of this story. Yes, he's a part of this story, but yeah. he has nothing to do with these guys, even though, of course, in their minds, he's thinking about them 24 hours <laughs> a day. Yeah. yeah. But I honestly, I just I, think it's a really tragic story okay. that is so tragic, sometimes you just can't help but laugh. There's a yeah. five-episode arc, and part of what it was was this idea of something that seems funny and then sneaks up on you when shit gets real and people start, like losing like lives are lost and families are ruined and fortunes are destroyed and blah yeah. blah 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 i mean i, I like yeah. and so that it almost like i was laughing and then i was crying right. that was and I, yeah. you've done all five yes. episodes yes. last night by the and by end, the way people are right. like oh, and i'm seeing, and i'm sitting there just going like i wish they could see the other ones yeah i, mean, I don't know what to tell you that's me but, i'm a crazy person so yeah yeah but yeah. i mean but that's that's yeah. a great journey to take i hope yes, i just gone. i hope though that the I, has, I want people to take that journey, and I don't. If you put the first one on and go, it seems too much like a comedy. Sit tight. I guess that's my 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 but, message. Well, yes, that's yes, good advice. Yeah. You, you, the, it starts to hit what you're talking about. The consequences start to hit yeah. when um, uh, Liddy leaves the um, uh, committee to reelect the president after being told that he should kill yeah. uh, Jack Anderson, the <laughs> and columnist. He goes to do it. Yes, <laughs> and he goes to do yeah. it. Like, Holy but by shit. the way, you know, we were talking about like what we know about Watergate and what you don't know about Watergate. Again, I was a pretty good person yeah. on Watergate. I had no, no memory of Dita Beard or the entire... I mean, I know who Jack Anderson is, but the Dita Beard Beard scandal that John Mitchell undid a a, a giant antitrust uh, case... This sent me me to Wikipedia. Good. To be like, 
is this really yeah. faithful I mean, to what happened? And it is. Just remind, yeah. remind people of the, the, the story. Dita Beer was... Dita Beer was a lobbyist yeah. for ITT. ITT was this giant company conglomerate that, among other things, I think owned... Like, hotel, like, like hotels, among other things. She was a lobbyist in D.C. She was a tried-and-true Republican. And basically, the Justice Department had brought antitrust charges against ITT. And basically, John Mitchell, who was serving a dual purpose at that point as both the head of Nixon's re-election committee, informally, eventually formally, but informally at the moment, but was at, was at that point the attorney general, yeah. but was really doing both jobs. Also and by the way, crazy. Yes. <laughs> and both and, and the White House wanted him doing both jobs. That was one of the many yeah. ethical problems of the Nixon White House. Yeah. He made that case go away in exchange for free hotel rooms in San Diego. Four hundred thousand dollars worth of San Diego hotel rooms for what would have been the nineteen seventy two Republican convention they in San Diego. The which they then have to move to Miami and find and pay for their hotel rooms. And make sure they don't yes, say it shared exactly. it because it was yes, all I so mean, she, so Jack so Anderson. So let's just be honest. Let's just go there. Yeah. So that's reason enough, I think, to impeach a president. Absolutely. Certainly reason enough to impeach a, an attorney general. It's yeah. just a clear yeah. pay for play. Yeah, pay for play. Yeah. yeah, there's no other way of saying it. And basically, Hunt and Liddy get her out of town in the middle of the night. Uh, she has an attack of angina on an airplane and ends up in this sort of quasi-hospital sanitarium in, like, Denver, Colorado, and avoids her testimony. The senators, led by Teddy Kennedy, go to Colorado and do a bedside, like, uh, swearing-in testimony. With with press in the room and everything. And she has another angina attack, at which point everyone just kind of shakes their heads and it just kind of goes away. And before she has the attack, she, she... she recants. She recants a signed document that she had said to, that she admitted was hers, and just basically, and it all goes away. Yeah. And this this successful mission gets John Mitchell to approve one of the gemstones, which was this series of crazier and crazier plans that Liddy had. And I'll give you an example in a second. I'm going to come back to, and I'll stay with Dita Beard to basically. Let them, you know, go plant bugs in the DNC. And so it yeah. does that. And Dita Beard, like, was rewarded. ITT gave her, like, a big Christmas bonus, and she went off and bought some land or something. Yeah. There used to be a, del- there's a deleted scene, a little scene. It just broke up the flow of the end of the Watergate plan getting approved of Dita Beard and her daughter signing signing the deed for her new oh, like, see the property and you see her make the same little D that she had signed the memo earlier. Because she had told yeah. the senators it wasn't yes, even her exactly, signature. Exactly, of course. And of course we see her sign it and it is her signature. And yeah. then you see her sign it again. Anyway, yeah. I mean, I had no idea any yeah. of this existed. And obviously it's episode two. And what's incredible about this it. This is also happening in yeah. 70, late 71, early 72. Yes, before. During yeah. the re-election. Yes. It's like amazing. And what's incredible about it, and I, I've taught, you know, I, I, to me what was important about it is, and it's wild and it's wacky and it's, I mean, faking an angina attack is humorous. I don't know how else to say yeah. that. Yeah. Going to a, flying someone off to a shitty hospital in Denver, you know, it's, it, yeah. at the time that's not where you headed for quality medical care. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there, so there are, humor, there are obviously humorous aspects to it. But the craziest part of it in some ways is 
how competent the guys are in making it happen. Yeah. They yeah. make it go away. Yeah. Let's not argue about the methods. Yeah. They succeed. Yeah. And that's what's so incredible about that story. And it and, puts them but, in a good light with, with the Mitchell, attorney general. Yes, exactly. Who, who then was, approves. Who, yes. was, who wasn't yeah. thinking too highly of them at right. that point. So did this did yeah. beer Oh, because the gemstone pitch was so insane. And, and let's yeah. stick with the gemstone pitch. Yeah. Because that's a great scene. And that's a scene where you're like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot how crazy and those details was. And those details so, all come out of Will. And that's yeah, all. And that's yeah. all real. So just to set it but, up. But yeah, let me give you an example. Set it up, and then I'll go. So, um, so Hunt and Liddy go into the attorney general's office um, to pitch the gemstone project. Yes, and they've got all these great uh, named posters. by Liddy, who by the way loved naming things. Right. Yes, he loved yeah, yeah, the yeah. Black, black yes. bag operations, yeah. and yeah. So they go in there, and each <laughs> each crazy operation is named after a different, a different stone. kind of stone, and each and, one has like. We don't know what it looked like. In our world, we just made up like yeah. some good like period yeah. art. Um, the meeting, obviously, yeah. we know happens. Yeah, but basically, they've got like ad art. It's like a scene out of Mad Men. They're just they're yeah. pitching an ad campaign. Only it's like, okay, we're going to arrest like the we're going to arrest uh, like uh, all the the hippies and whatever, and we're going to uh, what Abby we're going to arrest Abby Hoffman and we're going to take him to Mexico and maybe we'll kill him. That's like plan one. Yeah. Yeah, uh, getting a yacht in Miami. Yeah, the Demo- fill it with hookers. Yeah, <laughs> to basically <laughs> film Democrats with prostitutes. Yeah. Basically, yeah. yeah. There was another one. Uh, I mean, there's, a great there's such racism. Uh, Project Coal. They were going to put money into Shirley Chisholm's presidential campaign to run her to pull black votes right. from the Democrats yeah. at the time. And there's a line in Will that quotes Mitchell as saying, isn't Nelson Rockefeller already doing that? Uh, didn't yeah. make the cut, but it's it oh, existed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. So there's yeah. an effort to suppress the black vote. Yeah. A hooker, you know, a blackmail scheme with hookers yeah. and Democrats. But also cr- kidnapping Air- schemes. Kidnappings, airplanes, mafiosa hit. I mean, yeah. crazy. And just yeah. one of the stones yeah. is, oh, by the way, we also yeah. have to bug the DNC. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, at the time they're doing this, they don't even know who the Democratic nominee is. They're all still kind of thinking it's going to be Teddy Kennedy, quite honestly. In actual right, right. history, they all thought it was going to be Teddy. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. But at that point, it's not even that they're saying it's going to be McGovern. They just, whoever it is. Yeah. It's madness. Now, let's talk about historical yeah. accuracy. Howard Hunt isn't at that pitch. Howard Hunt at that point is sort of advising Liddy. Oh. He's not in that pitch. Now, his presence in that pitch... I will simply say on full historical accuracy is incorrect. I would argue it changes nothing. I will simply say there's nothing he says or doesn't say in that scene that violates the scene. And again, we're telling a two-hander about these guys. And in some ways, especially in the early goings when they are of a like mind, eventually they're not in a like mind, but in the parts where they're in a like mind... You rarely see one without the other. Right. And that's on purpose. And I'll go all directorial on you in a second. Why is that? A lot of two shots. Huh. Explain to people what a two shot is. A two shot basically is a slightly wider shot that holds two people at the same time, as opposed to a close up that's usually one person. Go back and watch all the president's men. Every chance they can, the. Redford and Hoffman are in the scene. Look at how their desks are 
in the Washington Post, where when one of them is typing right up in the front of the camera, on the side will be the other guy, like a few rows back, but there. It's always a two-shot. Whenever they go into, like, Ben Bradley's office, they're always sitting on this small couch together. And so when they meet and go into Bug Krogh's office and they are sitting on that opposite side of that desk, it is... Early on, the camera, when they're arguing, is going back and forth between them. And then when he says, you guys are going to work together, you work for me, the two of them go, yeah. And then from then on, for a very long time, every chance I get, I am keeping them as much as I can the same shot. Because they are together, and we are telling their story. I mean, I can give you a lot of reasons why. it's like the anti-hero version of all the president's men. Yes, and by the way, in my mind, this movie is going on... Like, both movies are real, and this movie is just playing... At, this movie is existing at the same time. Right. And it culminates in episode four, when the story breaks, and the phone rings at the Hunt House, and on the other end is Bob Woodward. And in All the President's Men, Bob Woodward calls Howard Hunt. And, and we see, but we, yeah. and we're on Redford, though. We're on Redford there. And, and we yeah. don't see Hunt, do we? We don't see Hunt. We it's just hear just his voice. voice. So it's we, like, yes. and so now you've done you, the opposite yes, scene. We've done the opposite scene. And so in my mind, they exist. Love it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. So you, and I'm not legally allowed to say anything, but listen, use your ears, audience, and listen to who is on the other end of that call playing Bob Woodward. And that's all ah, I can say. Okay. That's all I can that's say. That's a good Easter egg. Yeah. Listen, listen. Yeah. All right. But anyway, anyway, that's my directorial nonsense. I don't know what else to no, tell you. No, I love you. that. Yeah. I love that. And then on the back end, when they start to butt heads and start yeah. thinking about turning on each other and all of that kind of stuff, singles again. More singles. Got it. Yeah. You're, you're taking them apart. Bring them together. Yeah. Take them apart. Yeah. It's a, yeah. by the way, it's a, it's a romance. It's yeah. a, it's a they, buddy. I think yeah. someone said last night when you got, you, they said buddy coming. I like it, to call it a bromance because they kind of meet cute, hate each other at first, fall in love and ultimately break up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So there's successful yeah. assignment in, uh, but you understand it, what I meant about why Hunt is in that scene, even though he's not in that scene, right? Just sorry to go back to yes. historical accuracy. Yes. And yeah. that's the easiest way I can express it. Yeah. There are not times over where we know exactly what they said we do our version of it there are times where we have pieces of people's interviews whatever right. do we know everything that happened absolutely not but at the end of the day we are telling to tell a story and we are using what we can that's the easiest way of putting it and it, I don't know what else to call it you know um, no I think it's completely justifiable yeah. and that's a b- b- great way to, to, to explain that but the the big picture the the the, the illegality like the, the the shocking level of illegality that the movie uh, portrays um, it's it's important to remember when watching it that's all real yeah well <laughs> that's all but real. that is the and thing like, about and episode yeah. three is sort of the episode three is the break-in episode it's that's the one where you get all four break-ins and it's bad enough that they broke into the Watergate and we thought they got arrested. When you watch them attempt over and over to break into a building, yeah. when you see them actually break in, plant bugs, but the bugs don't work, so they, they have go to go back. As funny as that is, yeah. it is shocking. It is reprehensible, the illegality. It also seems, if, I, if, 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 someone yeah. else, if this were another movie, just, you know, a, 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 a fiction... 
it wouldn't seem real to me. I know. It would be like, yes. oh, well, they can't just walk in there right. like that. This is, you know, this is, yes. they, don't, they don't even do this in like, you right. know, Ocean's Eleven. Right. Like, you, know, <laughs> you know, they're like just walking through. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're too many witnesses. This is crazy. But, you know, yeah. I guess fewer security cameras back then and all that. So let's go talk about Watergate in general. Yeah. When you look at the initial re- reactions to Watergate, when, it, when it, the story breaks yeah. and you have so many people not believing it, it there is obviously the... The people love the, you know, the Republican Party just like, no, of course our president didn't do that. Yeah. But it's not even that. I mean, obviously there are always people that just know my guy can't be doing that. But right. really what it is, is no one can conceive of why would a president have people break in and plan? Like you This can't, was all about the loss right, of innocence. Yeah, you can't imagine it. So yeah. that's the reason people don't believe it yes. as much as whatever party they're in. Yeah. And it's really yeah. not till the tapes start to come out where even people like you literally both diehard Republicans and whatever just like shake their head and go, Oh my God. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, even after the tapes came out, I mean, now to talk about true believers, I mean, you got guys like Reagan still sort of not Fessing up to it. I mean, it's pretty wild. Yeah, his own stuff, or you mean like no, Nixon stuff? Nixon stuff. Yeah. He kept on the Nixon bandwagon yeah. to the bitter end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess he was thinking about the presidency, but still. Tell us about yeah. shooting on location in D.C. There's a lot of stuff uh, at yeah. the Watergate. The Watergate Hotel was recently renovated. It well, was how, renovated. How does, yeah, it's a little bit like just process-wise. How does it work? You go to D.C. You want to shoot a big ambitious project like this. You're at the Kennedy Center. Right. You've got that office space right across Kitty Corner from the yep. old executive office building. We, we had. Luckily, I had a little bit of experience because yeah. we'd shot on location for Veep. Not a lot, but a little bit. So we had some connections. Yeah. And Dave Bernad's from D.C. And he's got connections. And Tammy and HBO has connections. So, yeah. you know, everybody's working their connections as best you can. Yeah. I think the stuff that we built was incredible. But there was something about we're shooting in the entranceway of the Watergate, the elevators of the Watergate. We shot the actual garage door they taped plays the real garage plays the garage door i mean they walk down the garage ramp that the the actual burglars walk down they go upstairs the burglars went uh, i mean i don't know how to describe that to you and i'll tell you an example we shot a scene the one between liddy and dean where liddy ambushes dean on the streets outside the eob and walks with him and basically says what kind of deal can we get and all that kind of stuff and then basically volunteers that if they need to they can assassinate liddy that he's willing to take a bullet they can just tell him where to stand and they can just have him killed and it's you know and it's and it's dean dealing with that you know and it's a, a lot there yeah um we were very worried because of covid among other things uh donald uh Gleason, who played Dean, was with us early in the production, and we were up in Albany, which faked a little bit of some of interiors for some DC stuff that you will never know. I mean, you'll know, but no one will know. Yeah. Um, I think there's like a there was a Justice Department staircase. I mean, just stuff that was just whatever. But yeah. we were we were worried that if Donald left us, we had this big scene, and if we didn't shoot it in Albany, and either he got COVID or the COVID. Uh, immigration rules change, you know, nobody out, nobody in. Um, uh, uh, He would never get back and he wouldn't be able to meet us in D.C. Or he might take another job and have a play and not be able to meet us in D.C. So to cover our ass, we shot that scene in Albany on the the main street there right by the State House. And it looked pretty good. It looks pretty good. It's not D.C. You know it's not D.C. I don't know it's not D.C. But there are a lot of government-looking buildings. And when you blur them out... 
It works. Marble is marble. You yeah. know, what can we say? Yeah. We did the scene. <laughs> it's a great scene. It's a really good scene. We then got to DC. We got to do it. We got to do it again. He was able to come. We did it. Yeah. The scene in DC is 4,000 times better. Better, yeah. They're, they, yeah. I, don't, I didn't even direct them. They just, they're in DC. Yeah. Dean is now actually walking out of the, they say, let us come down the stairs of one of the side entrances of the EOB. Yeah. He, th- th- those stairs just charged Donal with this other thing. Liddy, yeah. like, hiding on the side of the staircase and then crossing, what is that, Pennsylvania or whatever, yeah, I, yeah, or whatever yeah, it yeah. is. Um, just it just it, it it just imbued the scene as they're walking towards the Washington Monument, which is in the distance. It just I, I don't know how to tell you. It just yeah. that's what shooting on location does. I mean it it just the authenticity and the 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 electric charge. I don't know what to call. It. Yeah. We shot in. Yeah. We got to go in the real room two fourteen in the Watergate. We shot on the real balcony that they connected there antenna to I mean yeah the access was incredible the hotel yeah that they stayed at the night before the break-in or someone stayed at across the street, street was, was a, a Howard Johnson Howard is Johnson's now a dormitory yes so GW dormitory yeah. now so we our, yeah. shot our own interior used, the, the yeah. old days I don't know what it's like now but the, uh, Howard Johnson's that room I believe was preserved in. Spray. Oh, I didn't know that. I remember when yeah. I first got to DC, there was like an anniversary, a Watergate anniversary oh, that's funny. thing, yep. and, and it was there. But I assume, with the building was destroyed and rebuilt or something. It is literally now yeah. some kind of high-end student housing yeah, 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 or yeah. condos or condos yes. slash student housing. Yeah. We went into the that building and we went into rooms to shoot the Watergate. To get the binocular perspective, right? So there's that yes. scene where the guy's yes. one of the water. He's in bed and he gets yeah. up and he looks out. The exactly. Window. Yeah. So we shot from that side, but our interior was a it's fake interior, yeah. and then you'll see CGI because we're shooting in the oh. lobby and across the street. Uh, we're at the real Watergate. Well, this is what I was going to ask you. CGI. We turned it back into a Howard Johnson. Now they never what? go to the Howard Johnson, but if you, you look can see in the it. background, you see the orange and the blue. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Got yeah. It. That's what that was. Yeah. Yeah. The, when they're when they're walking into the Watergate Hotel, yes. Um, did you guys do any? Work we didn't in there? touch it. The, That's d- what the it looks front like now. desk I'm, is yes. The front yeah. desk is probably different. Yeah. The door is the door that is the passageway to the uh, to the office building. Right. And by the way, I was reading about this both in interviews. We then put it in the script at some point. This notion of we're going to go through the hotel. Right. They don't want to go yeah. to the DNC office but building through the lobby. But until the day we got down to DC to scout, this is way before production yeah. ever started. None of us understood it. And then you walk in, and you walk through the door, yeah. and you go, "Oh, I see. Yeah. Now I get it." They're connected. It made right. no sense to me until I walked it. And that's why when I shoot it, the camera kind of, it's all almost one action to take you through so yeah. that you, the viewer, go, oh, I see what they're doing. They right. walk through a lobby. But to go back to that lobby, if you turned around, it looks like it, it's so clearly now. Yeah. The area that we see, we felt like wasn't bad. It's got a certain 70s yeah. vibe. Yes, exactly. And it was renovated a few years ago. Yes. And I, it, I think they may have given it a little bit more of a retro look. That may be possible. Yeah. It, it was it, it passed muster for us. Yeah. The middle hallway that they walked through has changed. I think it used to be a little bit more utilitarian. We kept it dark so you don't really see the details. Yeah. And then that also allowed you to emerge on the other side, almost like come into the light of 
ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Watergate office building. Yeah. And then they go into the elevators, which is just wild. Yeah. So we talked a lot about how Veep yeah. was influenced by the, the, the Trump era. Um, you can't help watch this series and think about parallels between um, Trump scandals, sure. the sort of the, the, the norm breaking and perhaps law breaking of the of, of the Trump era, but also be struck by. I don't know if Trump had anything this bad. <laughs> I mean, the, well, the, 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 the Liddy. Yeah. Then that's you know that's a debate yes. people can have. A lot of people think like some the, some of the policies were even sure. worse um, than the than, yeah. than the Watergate crimes. But the 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 the, the, the scene of them doing that pitch that you described. Yeah. And they're just running down like, <laughs> these are the crazy fucking things yeah. we're going to be doing. Every single one of them is breaking some one law. One crazier <laughs> than the next. And some of them that just like, where are you getting a jet, man? Like, like, like what are you thinking? Yeah. But to, to, that is like, uh, I was struck by a, you know, God, we're so myopic. We forget how well, recently um, there were some crazy shit going on in, well, in our government and we always think the bad stuff of our era is the worst it's ever been. Right. Well, two things that I've very much noticed. Number one is I think there's always a naivete. We do it over and over again, which is Watergate happened, we found out about it and we fixed it and everything was fine. It's yeah. like, hey, we elected yeah. Obama. Racism is solved. Right. We're all good. Right. We do that as a country constantly. Yeah. And so when you get to Trump and it's like, and again, let's not get into what, let's not get into any specifics. Let's just talk generally. You get to Trump and everybody's first reaction is just, Oh my God, it's crazy. It's never been anything like this. No, it has. You yeah. can draw a direct line between certainly, let's not get into crime specifics, but let's get into presidential abuses of power. It never went away. I'm not sure the Carter years or any of those ethical solves fixed anything. Yeah. And so to me, you draw this direct line right to Watergate, to modern day. And it's not just Republican presidencies. Let's be honest. And you start to realize that so much of our entire system was always just based on, well, do I have to be there? Well, technically no, but okay, I'll be there. And nowadays it's like, here's your subpoena. I'm not coming. Yeah. And you start to realize, I don't understand. I thought it was a subpoena. Well, technically they don't have to come. And yeah. you just realize our entire system was based on the idea that people would sort of do the right thing when push came to shove. And by the way, this is back to Veep. Now that people have decided, oh, I don't have to do the right thing, and there are zero consequences, here we sit. So that's number one, that, yeah. like, that we must remember Watergate. And I want and we got to look at these abuses of presidential power, again, Trump, that it's not an aberration. You can draw that line. And by the way, look at every Republican administration post-Nixon. It is filled with nothing but Nixon guys. No. They weren't no. the head guys. Yeah. They're all the number twos and number threes. They all just moved up a notch. I'm just saying. I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah. And by the way, I'm sure all presidents do it. I'm just simply saying I think there's a naivete, and I think we need to look at that. And then the other thing, and it is, I think, a huge problem in American politics now, but it is that birth of that that I think we talked a little bit about before, that true believerism, that, that Liddy Hunt-like 
there is no wrong in what my guy says, and I will sacrifice anything and everything. Yeah. And pick your guy, your Michael Cohn, your whoever. But yeah. by the way, I can go backwards too. Uh, who was the Lyndon Johnson guy, and they called him out as a homosexual, and Johnson just cut bait? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just yeah. like these. I hate to say it, but these presidents, this you think they're going to protect you, and they're and they're not. Yeah. And you and I understand you go all in because again, it's all about power. It's all about again now Robert Carroll rules. It's all yeah. about proximity to power and getting power or the illusion on Veep having power. Like if I'm the vice yeah. president, I don't have power. How do I make myself look like I have power? Yeah. That's all in that in episode three when they're on the bench and they're talking about it where he's like trying to convince Hunt to go in that one last time and it's like yeah. it's all about power. Right now we're so close to it and we and that's all he they he wanted, they wanted. Yeah. Hunt knows they shouldn't go in, but he's still gonna go in. But it's this desire for power, this idea that like my guy will protect us and now you know again Michael Cohn just like getting just like yeah. you, you I sacrificed everything and I get nothing but this true believerism that is destroying this country was there any was um was it hard to make was there any were there any voices who were like I don't think uh, I don't think this is a good time for a presidential scandal uh, movie. No, like, it's, fu- I guess it's funny. I'm going to actually tell you the opposite. I'm going to tell you the opposite. If you think about as we when we started doing it, I yeah. guess it's sort of the end of Trump into into Biden winning. Yeah. And of course, again, America all goes, oh, everything's fine now. Again, yeah. you know, we, we like to make that mistake. Got rid of that problem. Um, <laughs> And it still seemed relevant, obviously, because of what we'd gone through. But in a strange way, as production has, you know, the, the length of production and the post was long and everything. And then obviously this last couple of months with everything going on with Trump and there's more to come. And, and maybe even, again, not even Trump, you know, just looking at some of like these this week's the ethical violations of what's going on with Clarence Thomas and the Supreme Court. I'm just talking about ethical violations and the fact that... Yeah. The number of articles that I've read this week that are going, as it turns out, there are no ethics rules for Supreme Court justices. And why? Because we always assumed people would be cool about it. I mean, I guess that was our, that was the, it's like there should have been an amendment in the Bill of Rights that like, hey, everything that's not specifically mentioned, just try and be cool about it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, those rules where it's like anything not mentioned, no power ascribed to the federal government is given to the states. And anything that isn't given to the states is to the federal, you know, whatever. Hey, just be cool about shit. But no, it just turns out, Supreme Court justices never had to have these ethical rules because the answer is, I guess, in 1919, Supreme Court justices didn't think about taking million-dollar gifts and selling props. I mean, I don't know what to say. Or the opposite, they did and we didn't care. I guess maybe they did and they didn't care or we just never heard about it. But now we're hearing about it. I don't know. So this this idea of ethics, I guess guess where I was going with it in this very strange way, a little bit like Veep, as we are nearing our May 1st date, we're all kind of shaking our heads, kind of going, this is even more relevant than ever. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's coming out yeah. just after Trump was arrested. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's Here it's we sit apropos. Uh, in viewing of, uh, we're close proximity to Trump Tower. Tower. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I don't think I have oh, yeah, <laughs> realized yeah. that above us. Yes. He's uh, listening as we speak. Yeah. I, did, yeah. I, didn't, God, I <laughs> didn't realize that we're right here. Um, What's next? First of all, thank you for doing this. Oh my gosh, this was, this was so a fun. real joy of a conversation. Um, 
and what do you? Are, it's so are funny. You, are you done oh. with politics, or are you, do you feel like you're you're destined to to have your hand in political dramas and comedies? Uh, I, your I, I love politics. Yeah. I, you know, I'm always interested, but I, always, I, I have to figure out what the way of doing it is. So yeah. it's not a no, but it's not a yes. I mean, the big unfortunate joke among all us, you know, writers and directors is yeah. we may all be going on strike. So what's yeah. next may be the picket line. Yeah. That's um, me, and that's and the honest answer is I have yeah. been working on this thing for almost four years, like three and a half years now. Yeah. Until that final episode airs at the end of May... I'm not really done with this. And then when it's done, I need to sleep. And yeah. then I'll figure out the next thing. Do you yeah. get nervous during this period when the review... It's not have, nervous. You don't have any reviews just, yet, right? It's not, no. I, haven't, I have no idea. You yeah. never know. It's not nerves. It's just I obsess on every little detail. I yeah. obsess on... At some, point, at some point, they were sending me... They sent me like... There was, there's the trailer, which I worked a lot on. And then they sent me a 30-second cutdown. And then they sent me a 15-second cutdown. And then at some point, they sent me a six-second cutdown. And I'm like, where's the six-second cutdown being used? Like, it'll be like on YouTube for six seconds. And you can't do anything in six seconds. It's like one line. Yeah. And I spent two days on the six-second wow. one giving, like, my, oh, try this. And I just, like, wow. I can't stop. I'm aware of that. It's a problem. Wow, you yeah. must drive everyone crazy. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I think by the day, they are done with me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Thank you. Thank really you for fun. doing it. Super Thank you fun. for all of this time. Usually at the, uh, I, I ask people, is there anything we didn't talk about that you really wanted to talk about? But um, if anyone in Washington, D.C. has any comic art or original movie props to sell me, please reach out. Care of the podcast. They'll get you a hold of me. Uh, I want to buy your stuff. Let me make that really clear. Yeah. yeah. I may have some, uh, yeah. I may have some vintage 90s buttons. I guess. So, uh, I'll show you. we're talking. But, uh, yeah. And that's our show. Our producers are Kara Tabor and Afra Abdullah. Our senior producer is Alex Keeney. I'm Ryan Lizza, host and executive producer of Deep Dive. Jenny Almond is Politico's executive producer of audio. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. And special thanks to Max Miller for field production in New York. Please subscribe to Deep Dive wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>